Welcome back. Another episode from the Stands Podcast. We are wrapping up the conference championship weekend and the release of the final college football playoff rankings. The four final teams are in, and uh, we are not without controversy. It's been a uh, a busy weekend as far as talking points and pundits go back and forth. We'll get we'll get into all that. We'll get our reactions. Um, we were talking right before this. Me and Jacob did a little live stream on Instagram and kind of got to hash some things out as it was happening live. Um, but we haven't spoken to Clint about it, so I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, we got the the games to recap first. So, Jacob, without giving away exactly how you really feel about everything, give me just a quick synopsis. How was the weekend? Obviously, everyone was pretty busy, but a, a big weekend as far as college football goes, if not the biggest. Dude, we say that every single week. That's what makes college football amazing, right? Um, no, dude, I was it was a good weekend for me. Uh, pretty busy, and. Not even just in the college football landscape. In my life, pretty busy. Had a wedding to go to and a, a couple parties and stuff. But um, yeah, th- uh, this whole lands- landscape kind of got shook up and it it's caused a lot of chaos. Um, we'll get into it more in a little bit. But yeah, y'all may have may have heard some of my thoughts already. But um, it, w- it was fun to watch that. I'm glad you did that. It was fun to do that live and kind of see it all live. And um, maybe I'll, you know, listeners can go on our Instagram and watch it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really interested to hear after Jason, you've had some time to to maybe sit on a little bit, right. kind of get your second opinion in a way, and Clint to get your first opinion and maybe your second opinion too. Um, how you may have kind of thought it through. This is going to be a fun episode, uh, definitely, definitely. So, Clint, how'd you do? Listen, I you said my first and second opinions. Do I got like eight opinions, and I'm a, I'm gonna bring oh, yeah. it all out this episode. Um. No, I, obviously I worked this weekend, so I, w- I wasn't able to hop on for the live reaction, which I am bummed about because uh, it was a pretty, uh, I'll say, shocking um, vote for the top four. Uh, and again, we'll get into it. But I did get to watch, you know, the the, the main games, the championship games, and um, it was some of the better football I feel like I've watched in a good bit. I'm, I was, obviously, this is the most invested I've been maybe ever in college football. And that's saying a lot because I love college football. I've always, you know, I've watched it forever as long as I can remember. Um, <clears throat> so this is an awesome weekend. And then it was capped off by some craziness with the the playoff. So I'm I'm super excited to – honestly, because I haven't, I didn't get to see y'all's instant reaction at all. So I'm interested to see what y'all have to say about it too. Yeah, I was going to kind of open up also with, uh, with Clint. I heard from some sources, the sources being you, that you were pretty fired up about, about wanting to, to speak on what happened this weekend. So I can't, yeah. can't yeah. wait to dive into it. Um, <laughs> well, let, let's start off with, uh, let's just, let's recap the games real quick, before, obviously before we get into what happened with the playoff reveal. So um, the first game that we were previewing uh, last week uh, was Oregon, Washington. That was being played on Friday night. Um, I mean, what are the chances that these two teams play twice and arguably, you know, put on the one of the, the, the two best shows of the season. I mean, both of the games were, were absolutely wild, insane. Um, kind of a, a feeling I've had for a long time, pretty much about any sport, maybe besides baseball, when it, you have series and stuff. But it's hard to beat a team twice in a, in a season. Like, fo- I guess really just football specifically. Um, so for Washington to, to pull that win out, um, I wouldn't say shocked, but I just it, it's just hard to do. Um, so Jacob, I'll get your initial reaction. Um, obviously Penix has been your guy all year. I don't know if he's going to win the Heisman, but I think with maybe that performance, he maybe finishes above, uh, Bo Nix in the Heisman maybe. 
Um, I think Jaden Daniels, I think the odds kind of went up pretty heavily for him after the game. Bo Nix obviously didn't have his best game, but what do you make of this game? Any surprises there? And uh, with this win, obviously Washington is a safe bet to be in the playoff. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about, I'll go into the Heisman a little later maybe, but um, the yeah, for this game, I obviously me picking Oregon, I'm going to say that I was shocked, obviously, because I, I picked Oregon. Um, because. JC, like you said, it's hard to beat a team twice, and they did it both times by three points. Um, but the reason I was really shocked more than just Washington winning is how they won. Uh, I was not expecting Washington's defense to come out flying like they did, especially in that first half. I, it just it felt like every time you know Oregon was had a, a an inch to breathe, it was like suddenly there's three or four Washington defenders there. They were flying around. And then throughout the game, because they haven't done most of this at all much this season, Washington ran the freak out of the ball. Um, Dylan Johnson, that dude, he was running people over, like throwing forearms, throwing elbows, throwing shoulders, like like an SEC running back, like an NFL-style running back. He was running hard. I think Washington as a team was just a lot more inspired in this game. Um, I, you may have to give that coaching. You may have to give that just to – you know, maybe they felt disrespected throughout the year. Um, but I mean, Penix played kind of about where I thought he would. He, he was slinging the ball. He looked really good throwing tight ropes and, um, only having one touchdown was a little, I, I could easily seen him go for two or three or four. But, um, like I said, I did not expect Dylan Johnson to, to go off like that with 28 carries, 152 yards and two touchdowns. Like, man, that's, that's what I saw. Um, Clint, what did you, what did you see? The so that the defense you're talking about, Washington, was my biggest takeaway. I think uh, mm-hmm. I I was actually really surprised, especially on the line, how much push they were getting on Oregon. How especially that first half, like you were talking about. <clears throat> I was sitting there watching. I was like, dude, this Washington defense looks crazy right now. I mean, they were pushing the entire Oregon offensive line back. <clears throat> so even when like if Bonix dumped it to the flat, they were pushed so far back already that he still had like seven yards, whoever he threw to had like seven yards to game just to get to back to the line of scrimmage. Like they were just in their faces so much that I was honestly impressed. I was like, holy crap. Um, <clears throat> that's something I expected to see from the Oregon side. It just really wasn't the case. Um, obviously, Oregon came with, in the second half, had a nice little comeback to the lead. Um, <clears throat> but listen, we've kind of talked about this Washington team the second half of the season and how – Something didn't seem right. Something seemed off, either with Bo Nix or the, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, not Bo Nix, uh, Penix. But that was not the case this game. They, they looked like the team that they looked like the first half of the season. They looked like the team that beat Oregon the first time. They were able to offensively kind of do what they wanted to do, even when it was tough. And Penix, you know, he was mobile. He was able to get out enough. Yeah, he had a, a mistake or two, but... So did Bo Nix. I mean, he's and really, I, I, this is not any dig on Oregon. <clears throat> I feel like Oregon played a DC game themselves. It was just Washington found a way to to wake up and to show up for the biggest game of the year, and that's honestly what what we're here for. This is this is what they wanted was to be on prime time to show that <clears throat> yeah yeah we haven't been playing great. We're still gonna we're still gonna win this thing. And they did. It's, uh, I, I did think it was going to be close. I did not think it was going to favor Washington. So kudos to them, man. Uh, Oregon, too, had a great season. But sometimes the team just has your number, and that was Washington this year. And uh, obviously they go undefeated and had a great season and 
Now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and Dylan Johnson actually ended up with a higher QBR uh, than Michael Penix. Finished two for two, five yards, and threw a tut as well. Heisman. So, That's so, awesome. Yeah. Maybe we need to be talking about Dylan Johnson. But I think there's, I think there's uh, kind of some credit needs to go to the coaching staff at Washington. Um, going back to obviously playing a team twice, and look, they know all your secrets, and, and the other team knows yours, right? And not even Connor Stallion's talk. It's just what it is, you, right? You're watching film. You, you have common opponents. You see what works well. And for you to come out and beat a team twice again by three, 34, 31, I think it speaks volumes to that coaching staff. Be interesting to see if they can keep them together. Um, obviously, when you have success like this, they're, they're going to be fielding a lot of calls uh, for the coordinator. So we'll see if they're able to keep the, that staff intact. But let, let's move on to the next game. Texas taking on Oklahoma State. Clint, if you know, if you know, let me know. If not, no biggie. But the, the video that came out, um, which I know kind of came out as a, uh, like okay, Texas is nothing gonna win now. The 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 cow that we've seen in a fraternity yeah. house was this was this at Texas or just at Oklahoma State? Do you know? So for for you guys who don't know that a video came out o- over the weekend. Um, I guess it was either Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, there was a dead a dead cow which kind of resembled Bevo, right? Uh, and was dead on the lawn of a fraternity house, and law enforcement was out there. Some other people were out there. Obviously, the internet was kind of going crazy about, you know, Texas is going to go off the rails now. I didn't know if that was like a, one, I don't know what happened. But two, I didn't know if something like it was a prank. And it, I'm, prank's a loose word, but that's what it was. And it was placed in front of Texas's like attorney house or just something on like Oak State's campus. So I don't know if you guys were, were able to c- confirm which one. So it was, it was, it was uh, Oklahoma State attorney house that it was found in front of. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it and I was like, man, that's. First off, if you don't know anything about cows, this ain't cheap. Like, that was an expensive, quote-unquote, prank. Uh, and it was I a full-grown yeah, like, cow. It, and it wasn't no, like, calf. Like, that was a full-grown, no, like, animal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just laying in the front lawn of some Oklahoma State fraternity house. Um, yeah, and that's why I, I was like, okay, well, that, that I just sealed it right there. Um, <laughs> as if Texas needs anything else to motivate them. There, there you go. Right, which the final score being forty nine twenty one, whether they needed that or not, it definitely helped. It's looking absolute dominating performance. Jacob, give me give me the stats on Quinn Ewers just in the first half versus Oak State. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had that as a talking point. Uh, three hundred fifty four yards, four touchdowns in just the first half alone, and Texas was up thirty five to fourteen at that time. And I remember seeing, I think Ollie Gordon was throwing his helmet at you know at the sideline, uh, you know at the bench at halftime, like just pissed his team can't do anything like it was just this was a route from the get-go sorry arch manning fans and i'm an arch manning fan he's not playing next year because quinn's coming back and quinn's the guy he's proven <laughs> it he's been getting hurt keeps playing his butt off and then the way he played in that conference championship game we kind of talked about hey they might need to dominate to get into the playoff um well, i think it did. certainly helped to the fact that for them to get in as the number three seed um i think the way they won definitely helped them now would it have mattered whether there's a touchdown game or or their spread, I don't know. Um, Jacob, do you think? Uh, not Jacob, Clint. Do you think this the margin of victory had any like implications on where they were at in the playoff, or that hey, they just need to get a win and they're probably in? No, I don't. And we can get into why here in a little bit because of the four that made it in. Uh, but if they won, and I, I think that was enough. They could have won by three, and I think it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but yeah. no, I mean, uh, absolutely dominating game. This is. 
when I was talking about it, I was like, I don't, I don't know which Texas we're going to get, the one that plays down to his opponent, the one that just comes out and looks like the number one team in the nation. Uh, and the opposite for Oklahoma State is like sometimes they show up and have, you know, win games they shouldn't, and sometimes they get absolutely mollywhopped by, you know, mediocre teams. Um, <clears throat> and I think we got a little bit of both. We got a really good Texas this game, and Quinn Ewers obviously went ham. And it, one of the most important things was they contained Ollie Gordon. He only had like 30-something yards rushing. And that is their bread and butter over there at Oklahoma State. That's kind of where their their offense uh, starts from. And um, that's why you see the dude over there slamming his helmet or whatever it is. He's frustrated because it does start with him, and he just there wasn't much to be had. Listen, Texas, we talk about Quinn Ewers a lot. They they also have a really good defense. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, they, they make a mistake here and there, but they, they got talent all over that field. So, yeah, that's that's I was on the wrong side of it, obviously, and a, a super dominating win from Texas. And uh, this doesn't hurt their case, obviously. Again, we'll talk about it that they absolutely smoked Oklahoma State, but um, yeah, again, I, I don't think it really would have mattered that much. Yeah, I think in the, I think you're right in the grand scheme of things. I know we touched on it before the game, thinking it, it might have made a difference or not, but probably the way things end up shaking out, you're probably right on that. Jacob, before I move on, you got anything else on Texas Oklahoma State? Not a whole lot more than other than like like I said, they Texas played this exactly how they wanted to. They got up quick and basically eliminated Oregon State's or Oregon State Oklahoma State's rushing ability. They they forced them to have to throw the ball, and I think that's kind of what happened in the Oregon game too. So I meant to mention this: like their Oregon's leading rusher was Bo Nix. He had sixty nine yards, and that was just basically you know scramble. Um, so they were never never able to establish the run, and it was the same here. And I mean, I, I don't want to just completely trash or uh, Oklahoma State because they had a really good year. I I don't think I was expecting them to make the Big Twelve championship. Thought Oklahoma would kind of make that run, and they they snuck in here. So they had a really good season, and they had one of the best running backs. But this Texas team, I mean, can we officially say they're back now? I, I really think we can, boys, can't we? I mean, they're more back than they've claimed to have been in the past few years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's very true. To be honest. And, and, and this isn't, I wouldn't quite put them at the level of Penn State, but Oak State kind of feels like that. Like, obviously, they lost a few more games, but it's like they can't get over the, I mean, I take that back. They beat Oklahoma, but it always seems like they're little brother to Oklahoma and Texas for the most part. Now, with those teams leaving the conference, you know, they, they got a good chance at, at being the uh, kind of the big boy there, there in the conference. So we'll see. Let's get to, I, I still think the Oregon-Washington game was more exciting than Alabama-Georgia, but still a crazy exciting game. Obviously, I think a lot of te- teams knew what was on the line. Um, Bama trying to obviously get into the playoff. Georgia knowing they just needed to win just to stay in. Bama pulls it out 27-24. I, a couple couple things for you guys. Um, is it is it just me or is it weird to see Bama with a quarterback that is... um? The guy who kind of like can make can make plays, uh, just kind of off the cuff, can improvise really well. Because even if you go back to like when Saban first got there, you know, it's Greg McElroy, it's AJ McCarron, it's all these guys that are pretty much pocket passers, right? They don't really move move around a lot. But then you get into some more athletic guys, Tua, who can run if need be, Bryce Young, super twitching the pocket, can run if need be. But they haven't had, I feel like, a, a true probably a run first guy how he's been in his career just the way he's built so to see him like drop back and have so much time and and stood in the pocket and then made plays so it wasn't like he was playing like he wasn't playing absolutely crazy he wasn't Johnny Manziel running or you know sideline to sideline type thing but it was weird to me because I'm always seeing Alabama so buttoned up and running that often so to, to see them have the playmaker that was like all right we don't know what he's gonna do next type thing seemed weird to me 
obviously didn't affect the outcome because if anything, it probably helped them win the game. But um, they gave him a lot of time, the offensive line. Now, George, I know, dropped a few in coverage a lot too, but he stayed in the pocket, stayed pretty patient. Um, Clint, I know we, we differed in this pick. I think you were on Georgia, me, me and Clint were on Bama. How much did it surprise you? And and tell me if you felt the same. I felt at one point Bama should have been up by like two, three scores because they had a chance to go put it away and they just couldn't do it. Um, watching the game, if if you were able to see, I know you were working. Could you kind of tell how, how that momentum was kind of seemed to be lean Alabama a majority of the game? Yeah, especially. So the very first drive or the first like possession to the game where Georgia got a quick stop, stated was loud, and then they come and immediately score pretty handedly. I was like, okay, this that yeah. this kind of makes sense. This looks like Georgia. But that was after that moment. It seemed like it. Alabama had, yeah, Alabama had not just the momentum, but they had like almost like an answer for everything Georgia did. Like even if Georgia stopped something they want to do, they did something different to make it work. And <clears throat> that seems so simple, but so many teams cannot do that. They cannot change their 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 scheme. They can't change their game plan. They can't on the fly come up with ways just to to get the extra couple yards for the first down. They can't come up with ways to score in a really tough situation, third and long, uh, goal line situation, whatever. Alabama did that. And honestly, I'm kind of props to Jalen Miller. I mean, you look at the stat line, you're like, that looks like a really mediocre game. I was actually impressed somewhat with his decision-making, but the way he was able just to make a play happen. Um, And that's, that's that's what they've been needing. All year, he's been getting better at that. But we talked about his athleticism. We talked about how, again, he he probably is kind of a run-first thinking quarterback and has to force himself to think, throw, and then run. But honestly, his decision-making was pretty good this game. I mean, he had this, did you see the, like, the shuttle pass? The, the little like where he like chest passed it kind of? Yep. <clears throat> that right there was like one of the plays where you're like, that, that's a dude. That, that's a guy who was just, I'll do whatever it takes. For us to to get this first down, whatever the case may be, that that's so I agree with you. Yeah, it seemed like Alabama <clears throat> kind of. I thought Georgia was going to control the narrative of this game. It, that they didn't. Alabama had this. Like it felt like Georgia was the one kind of kept trying to scratch their way back and find and answers. Did. Yeah, and they did, but it seemed like Alabama was like, man, I kind of honestly, I I was about to text you boys and be like, dude, Bama should be up like fourteen points right now, and they just and and, yeah. you know, and, and shout out to Georgia for them for. Then, then they mm-hmm. made the plays to at least keep it a game. But, yeah, man, I tell you what, they, they came out and uh, props to the coaching staff over there as well. Um, yeah. Jacob, watching this game, obviously, like I said, the most anticipated pride game of the weekend, more so maybe than Washington, Oregon. Um, how did you feel about this game and how Bama came out and, and played? I, Clint, I think you're right on it. And I was genuinely surprised, like JC, you're saying, how this was not a bigger you know, margin for Bama. Um, it's hard to say this because we haven't seen this this year, and this could be based on Georgia's easier schedule. And like we talked about having a lot of games close to home, if not at home or in the state of Georgia this year, um, Bama really was just a more physical team. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Washington. I think they came out just swinging. Um, besides that first drive, Clint, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was Georgia's first touchdown happened with nine minutes and 31 seconds to go in the first quarter. It looked like, okay, Georgia's about to handle business here. They didn't score another touchdown until there was uh, 10 minutes and 16 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. That's, That's how long crazy, the drought dude. was. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Bama, in the meantime, took took control of the game and kind of just, like you said, kept Georgia at bay. Um, I think it's to do with that coaching. And 
I think even myself, you know, maybe we all kind of did it earlier in the season when Bama was, you know, struggling. They had that loss from Texas and they went to use, uh, USF and, and barely snuck out a win there. We were like, man, it's, maybe all the coaching changes that Nick Saban's had to deal with over the years is finally catching up to him. And he's just, he doesn't have the established offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, right. all these line coaches there. Come and go. So the tra- that was the transfer portal before the transfer portal was for players. And <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And like, it seemed like it was on that. It felt like it was on the coaching staff, but I, I got to admit it. Like these coaching, <laughs> this coaching staff made adjustments, had an answer for everything that Kirby Smart and his staff had to throw out there. This Miro kid is almost like a Patrick Holmes, like you said, the chess pass, which is making shit up as it went, and it worked. And that's what happens when you have an athlete back there like that. I mean, that dude can almost make anything happen, and that's what makes Bama really scary when it comes to this game. And I do want to shout this out, one for the white boy and two for the for the kickers. Uh, Will Riker did, with that first field goal, set the NCAA record for most points scored by any player. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So I want to shout him out. Um, but yeah, this, this was not really that close. I mean, Georgia scored that late touchdown to make it seem like it was close. Kind of like Oregon did on that amazing two play drive they had late. Um, wish I'd have mentioned that earlier, but, uh, yeah, this was not that close, honestly. And it was mainly to me, just damn was just more physical. I will say too, and I don't know if y'all noticed this as well. It it still looked like both McConkey for sure. And probably Bowers, at least the way he looked, they both were still hurt. Uh, McConkey oh, yeah. was limping off every single play, it seemed like. And Bowers was not near as like quick and twitchy. Even being a big guy, he's somewhat twitchy. He wasn't near like what he looked like earlier in the year. Now, that's not to take any away from Bama. Bama's, you know, uh, there's dudes all over Georgia's team. They should, they, they still had a great chance to win this game. They just didn't. Um, it's mainly because what Alabama did, we talked about it. This is the best defense that Georgia will have faced all year. And it kind of showed, not that Georgia was terrible, but it showed just how disruptive and how good this this Bama defense has been. And honestly, that's what saved Bama and kind of the beginning of this year yeah. to get them to where they give Milrow enough time to develop and stuff like that. So uh, <clears throat> shout out to Bama and uh, Nick Saban doing Nick Saban things and pissing Jacob off just one more time. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, it's big, big game, big win. So I got to ask you all a question. Like I kind of said, this is Carson Beck's like fourth year. He's uh, like he sat behind. Been it for a while, so he has experience, but he doesn't have the playoff or the the playing experience that was obviously needed in this game. If Georgia still had Stetson Bennett, you think this is a different game? Nah, not not in this one. I, I don't. I don't. Th- I think I thought Beck played well. Honestly, he was twenty one for twenty nine, two hundred forty three yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I, so. I'm like like Clint said, Bowers was one hundred percent. McConkey obviously wasn't one hundred percent. You still have Dominic Lovett. You still have Oscar Delt backing up. Bowers, who was a, a four or five, four star at least tight end. Um, so you still got playmakers and Kool Aid McKinstry for Alabama, who's going to be probably a first round draft pick at corner. He went out. Um, I forgot at what point in the game. I don't believe he came back in. I think that was some some part in the second half. So you're talking about their without their best cover corner. That's scary. Um, and, and and they still end up getting it done. So yeah, I, I don't know if Stetson. I, I mean, obviously he maybe he played lights out the last couple of years, but. I think just the way, if, if you include all the injuries and the way this game played out, I don't know. If, I mean, I mean, even Beck ran the ball a couple times when he needed to, um, to to get first downs. So I don't know if Stetson would have been able to overcome uh, to to get a win per se. I mean, I really don't. honestly, I'd probably say yeah. Just, but that's just the way 
it looked like um, Stetson, you know, the way they played with that team. But again, year to year, it could be different, you know, different dynamics, different players. Um, so who knows? I, I would like, if I if you made me choose between this year's Carson Beck and last year's Stetson Bennett, I'd take Stetson Bennett. Um, yeah. But again, well, that's right. all. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. I'm, if I'm a Georgia fan, 100%. <clears throat> yeah, so. Um, all right, well, let's let's move on. we got two more games, and we'll get into the playoff talk. Um, Iowa-Michigan, one of the most non-exciting games to watch of the day. Uh, Michigan ended up handling business 26-0. to zero. Uh, man, it, it was funny because even at first, like Iowa was playing good defense, stopping Michigan from scoring a touchdown. Michigan takes a punt back all the way down to the like the two yard line. Which, if you guys watch that replay, watch number four on Iowa. So as yeah, Michigan all the way back. Fe- feels the punt, number four is flying past him, so he misses him as he catches the punt. Right, he's like <laughs> slides like like a head first slide almost. So he runs past him. Now Michigan's obviously running the other way. Number four catches up, runs mm-hmm. through all the blockers, and then pushes him out of bounds at the two yard line. I thought I was going to maybe give them a chance. All right, if they can hold us to a field goal, that's pretty good momentum. Obviously, Michigan punched it in there and then just kind of slowly dragged it out. But uh, I wish it was a different story. I, it kind of ended up being the game that, that most people probably predicted. Shout out to Clint. Predicted a 27-0 Michigan win off by one point. Um, deserve, deserve something on there. If anything, just a little golf clap or something. But uh, I'll take it. Shout out to Michigan. <laughs> that's amazing. For uh, handling business there. In old Indianapolis, Jacob, what'd you make of this game? If any, I was who we thought they were type thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This was. It's crazy how I really should have placed money on this because y'all remember that bet of half a point for team scoring for Iowa per half, and the under hit. That's just. <laughs> this is just insane. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. just yeah. Iowa can't score against anybody, but this also shows obviously how damn good Michigan is, but. Um, Michigan has just relied on their running game most of the year and just being super physical in defense. And uh, they were still able to break through on an Iowa defense. Like I said, it's, I think it's like the top four defenses this year came from the Big Ten. It was Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, and uh, Penn State. Like So for them doing that against an Iowa team like this, more prop to them. Um, but yeah, JC, you know the stat, and me and Clint have been the stat guys, so I want you to deliver this stat. I don't know, Clint, if you saw the stat. Well, I, I, actually, I, don't ha- I don't have it in front of me, so if you got the numbers, you share it. So I don't actually have the numbers in front of me. I, I did just happen to see it. Okay. Well, Clint, maybe you heard the stat. If not, um, Iowa football this season, total yards on offense, 3,123. Total yards this season from punts, 4,156. That is such a beautiful stat. I love that Mike so much. on the season. Yep. They need that on a plaque somewhere. They just need to change Jesus. the jerseys to just say yeah. punts on it. It's not like 500, it's not even 500 yards. Dude. It's that thousand yard difference. Yep. Yeah. That is insane. I didn't even know if that's ever happened before. Before like the 1930s. <laughs> right. I about to say. Yeah. When there was like yeah. no forward pass. Like, I don't even know yeah. they punted back then. Maybe. I guess. But besides that, I don't have much more on this game. Like, there wasn't much <laughs> to it. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, what about what about you, Clint? Um, probably, probably most boring game of the day, I would say for sure. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy. I'm more of a, I love good defenses. I mean, offenses are fun to watch, but I love seeing really good defenses. Obviously, Michigan Michigan has a good one, and so does Iowa. And I know that's kind of been like the joke, like they're all defense, no offense, but they actually do have a legit, really good defense. I mean, some dudes yeah. that will. Hit the piss out of you, and and did it hits a, a few Michigan dudes several, several times really hard. Um, I, I was like hell yeah! So I actually watched the entire game. 
even though it was 26 nothing. But I will say, too, that Michigan was kind of gifted a couple of these. Um, uh, well, I won't say the kickoff return was a gift. Um, obviously, they earned that. But um, even though it didn't score, they scored shortly after. I don't know if you saw, though, they had uh, one where Deacon Hill got hit while he was throwing. And it was definitely, I forget exactly how it played out. However, it, it was, they rolled it on the field. They blew the whistle, called it dead as the ball, after he got hit, as the ball's like bouncing around past the, the line of scrimmage. And they call it dead. Everybody stops like running to the ball, except for one Michigan dude who kind of like just steps towards the ball, picks it up and hands it to the, to the ref. Well, then they review the play. They said, oh, it's actually a fumble. It's like, well, y'all blew it dead. Y'all were blowing whistles for 30 seconds. Like, nobody they, was going for the ball. So they, they gave like Michigan. recovery? Yeah, they called immediate wow. recovery by Michigan. And it was short yardage. Michigan scored shortly after that. <clears throat> uh, again, Michigan obviously still would have won this game, I believe. But uh, it, when you see the score, you're like, oh, well, I guess Iowa's defense really isn't that good. No, their, their defense was really good this game. It's just oh, that's no, all no. they had. And yeah. their, their Iowa offense just put them in bad situations. Uh, with some turnovers and whatnot, so uh, <clears throat> Michigan came out with a solid win. Obviously, I was this. Uh, this kind of how I, I viewed this going. They played Iowa, played Penn State earlier this year, and lost thirty something to nothing. So, not a huge surprise. However, people were kind of freaking out. I don't know if y'all seen this. They're like, "This is the Michigan like their offense. This is all their offense was. It's like this. This is all their offense has been all year. Like this is yeah. Michigan. They're and, not. And like, it's a great defense." Yeah, yeah, like they they they're super good on defense and they're very slow, methodical on offense. They've never been like slinging the ball, scoring 60, 70 a game. That right. hasn't been there all year. So people start freaking out. I was like, dude, relax, man. This is what Michigan does. This is why they're where they're at. So right. I yeah. wish people would calm down a little bit. But other than that, no, this is um not a great game, but still fun to watch for me anyway. I love good defenses. Yeah, I probably oh, I probably man. say it wasn't I probably take back the boring part because I watched the first half and see the second half. I wouldn't say it was boring, it just you you expect the team to come like to go down and drive the ball, and I will say Iowa did have a chance. Iowa did drive the ball at one point, and uh, a receiver made a tough catch and helmet on ball gets punched out. And oh yeah. yeah, so there there goes that when they were actually moving the ball. So they they had a few chances they couldn't capitalize on, unfortunately. But you know, look to win ten games um, in that conference uh, when your when your punter has a thousand more yards than the op it isn't is it seriously is impressive. <laughs> like as funny as it is, um, it's insane to think about. Absolutely insane to think about. Um, I I just I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, honestly, as a Gamecock fan, I'm like, <laughs> we would, I would think we would beat this team. If we just scored six points. Yeah, and I but, I guess I want to throw this stat right here before we move over to the other game. Both of these eight o'clock games were not fun to watch at all. Um, and Michigan, Iowa, and FSU, Louisville combined. Both of those games combined for 21 first half punts. So, oh, oh my god. Dismal to watch. Well, let's mm. get into the next one. So, Florida State, Louisville. Florida State ended up winning sixteen six with their third string quarterback. Guys, I'll be honest. I didn't get to. I didn't get to catch this game. I saw a little bit here and there, but but not a lot of it. Um, so, Jake, if you want to give me a little synopsis of what took place in this game, obviously Florida State um, played pretty good defense, holding that Louisville team up to only six points because they did have their starting quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I watched mainly the second half, and thank God, because it was only 3 nothing, uh FSU at, at the end of the first half. Um, again, like I said, a lot of punts, a lot of honestly bad offense, um, no no exciting, exciting explosive plays on either side. Both teams kind of 
held each other. Both of these defenses looked decent in the first half. Um, obviously, Florida State was hindered, like you said, with having a third string. Uh, but Louisville was full strength. They had Jack Palmer back there, but he just never looked that impressive mm-hmm. this game. Um, and then the second half is where Florida State's defense really took off, and they ended up getting seven total sacks, I believe, for the game. But I think a majority of those sacks came in the second half. Um, I still remember seeing that play. And JC, I told you, uh, what was the defensive lineman's name? They got that sack. He uh, defensive end that just threw a 325 pound lineman back, ran him over, and sacked Jack Plummer all in the same motion kind of deal. Um, was, that, was that verse? Yeah, yeah Jerry that, verse. That dude is yeah. serious. He did that against Clemson, and my gosh, he is a – I don't know if he's a senior, but it, shoot, he's a hes a big draft uh, prospect. He's a junior. So, um, so yeah, what really stuck out to me is, like I said, the FSU defense. And we knew they would have to do that coming into this game because it wasn't going to come from the quarterback, Brock Glenn. Um, and they're going to have to lean on their running game, which they did. Um, ran for 164 yards, nothing crazy, but they did what they needed to to win this game. Um, and really leaned on that defense, and the defense showed up because I've been I've been kind of you know tooting the horn for for Louisville this year. I mean they've had an easier schedule, um, so that's why they had such a good record and stuff. But they had some pretty good players, Jamari Thrash and Jahar Jordan, and uh, they just felt like they were lacking a little bit there at the quarterback position to take them to that next level. Um, so I feel sure transfer portal open up. He'll be Jack Plummer will be transferring, or somebody will be looking to transfer in. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, that and that's and we'll get into it just here in a little bit. But this Florida team, Florida State team, like the this defense was a championship level defense, and they showed it in this game, and uh, that's what that's what led them to victory here. I have a few opinions about just how this is all playing out, obviously. Um, but to keep it about the game, the Florida State's defense willed this into existence. They willed this win, uh, especially like Jacob said, that second half. And this is, it's not like they they had a good defense to, to pair up with a good offense. They had no offense this game, really. Um, third string quarterback. Uh, and he looked, I don't know if y'all saw him take the field for the first drive. Dude looks scared. Not like, yeah. Ooh, I'm, you know, I'm a new guy, whatever. Like he, he was wide eyed and looked, looked scared on national television. Yeah. I was they ran like, a lot of oh, wildcat too. Like to prevent him from to. even touching the ball. Yeah. yeah, they had to. And and this is nothing nothing against the dude, old Brock Lynn. Like, he's a, a true freshman. And I guarantee he had no no inkling that, you know, as the season started, he was going to be starting in the, the, <laughs> the conference championship game. And here <laughs> yes, he is seriously. playing one of the best defenses in the nation. Uh, yeah, no wonder he was scared. And it played out kind of how you would expect. And he did not have a great game. Their offense struggled. They had to run Wildcat. I guarantee they didn't want to, but they had no choice. Even still, this Florida State defense played like all guts, everything on the line. Like it, it, like it was going to be what made her made her break their season. And at the time, everybody thought that was the case. Uh, and they they were able to hold on, not just hold on. You mentioned the seven sacks, Jacob. They also had fourteen tackles for loss, dude. They were living. Yeah. Those last couple Louisville drives backfield. were just. I'm like, oh my god! And this is at the end of the game. You should be tired. This should be a tired defense by now because, shoot, the offense, Florida State's offense, is going three and out most of the game. So this yeah. defense should have been exhausted. Nah, dude. They they were all blood and guts. Left it all in the field. Had an amazing game and literally willed this Florida State team to a win. And to your point about. Louisville, 
definitely a good team. Yeah, they had an easy schedule, but they won, you know, one good bit of games if they just had a really good quarterback. Jack Clemmer isn't terrible, but he's definitely not great. And it showed yeah. against a really good defense that he just wasn't able to do much. But um, and that stadium too was almost like a home home game for Florida State. That crowd was loud mm-hmm. for Florida Dude. State. Spe- oh man. And we'll get into it. But I just like to see to see what they did, that, that defense. I, I was impressed. I was literally watching it like these dudes are literally leaving it all on the line. And I love that. I love seeing nothing left off the table. Like this is we're gonna give you everything. If we lose, we lose. But we're gonna make you earn every inch of this field because that defense was lights out and it, it they won the game because of it. So it was awesome to see. Yeah, and uh, you know, a, a big win for Mike Norvell in that program. Obviously, a few years ago, they were kind of talked about how they they weren't the Florida State of old, and he's obviously brought brought them back to prominence in a short period of time. So, look, obviously, a lot of opinions, a lot of controversy, a lot of talking points. Let's get right into the playoff. But before we start, and I, I'm I'm gonna give you guys this, and it's, it's not because it's my opinion; it's because of this is how the process goes. I just want to lay this out there, and then we'll go from there. So, my understanding for the committee process is. They pick the, the two teams, right? And this is, I think, what they do for a lot of the rankings leading up to this. Um, and, and they batch the other teams, right? So they kind of like determine between the next set of batch of teams who the best team is, right? So you obviously have Michigan now at number one, Washington at number two with their win over Oregon. So my understanding was that they had those two teams already in, and now they batched the other four. So now it's between the other four teams, which would have been Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and then Florida State. Now, obviously, we, we know the champions. Florida State won the, won the conference. Alabama won it. Washington, um, Michigan, and then who, who would I leave out? Texas. Um, oh, my bad. So Texas is in that batch as well. So I'm going to read this. This is off the college football playoff website. Okay? So bear with me. I'm going to read it verbatim so that we can understand what their thought process is um, at least to a certain extent. So <clears throat> this is listed under principles, the principles tab. The selection committee will select the teams using a process that distinguishes among otherwise comparable teams by considering the following conference. And this is in order conference championship one, strength of schedule, head to head competition, comparative outcomes of common opponents without incensing margin of victory, which I don't understand how you really avoid that. That, that's what they have in parentheses. So, and then the fourth one. Other relevant factors such as unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. One more time. Other relevant factors such as unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. I did not know this existed in, in their um, decision-making process. And now, obviously, the entire college football world knows. Um, real quick, I'm just going give, to give a quick little my spiel, and then I, I really want to hear from Clint. Um, but and, and maybe this is how it would have been. But if, if at the end of the game, Jalen Milrow breaks his leg, is Alabama in or is Alabama not in? If Jordan Travis broke his leg at the end of la- last night's or Saturday's game, if he had, was with the team holding and break his leg, are they in or are they not in? I think you can go this way for multiple people. And then what's a key player? Marvin Harrison, Ohio State. Blake Corm at Michigan. Um, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. So I think this can go a million different ways. Um, 
I said this on the live with Jacob. My initial reaction as a college football fan is, there's no way in hell you can leave Florida State out. Now, that's just coming from a, how we've always kind of done things, right? Which may be an unfair perspective. I don't know, especially even going back to the BCS. If you're an undefeated Power Five champion, you're more than likely going to be in the championship. And then I guess technically, if look, if you if you want to break it down, this is the only way I can rationalize it is that if you do sit the two teams down, then currently right now, Bama just beat the number one team in the nation. Their only loss is to now the number three team, Texas. Obviously, they have a healthy quarterback. They have their team. Um, Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis. I don't, I don't think this is necessarily how it should be, per se. I think Alabama would beat Florida State right now without Jordan Travis. That That is what it is. The, th- the strength of schedule is better. I get all that. That's the only way I'm rationalizing in my head. As a college football fan, it seems blasphemous might be extreme. But anyway, that's just kind of how I feel without going too deep in it right now. But Clint, we haven't heard your perspective. So let's go through the rankings yeah. real quick. Michigan's number one. Washington is number two. Texas is number three coming off their Big 12 championship. And Alabama as the SEC champion, one loss, is at number four. They put Florida State five. They put Georgia six, which is kind of where I also have an issue because that's almost doesn't make sense with how they're grading it. Because if that's how they're ranking Florida State without the availability of key players, I would still put Georgia ahead of them, right? You would ha- almost have to. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. the floor is yours, buddy. Yeah, well, hold on. I'm I got all, one, one quote. Maybe this gives you a name to call out, Clint, because I already know kind of what you're about to say. This Bill piggybacks Hancock. off of what JC was going to say, and then you got the floor, my friend. Last Tuesday, last week, after they came out with the with the rankings last week, the executive director of the committee, his name is Bill Hancock. Go after him, my friend. He made these commit, committee's uh, stance very clear. In quote, most deserving is not anything in the committee's lexicon. We are here to rank the best teams in order, and that's what we do. Just in keep in mind the word best teams. Deserving has nothing to do with it. All yours. All right. So I have several thoughts, and I'm not going to spew them all out because I, I want to get your opinions on them so we can kind of bounce this back and forth. All right. One, one of the points is – one of my points was what you just said, Jacob. So – they obviously they made the fact that Jordan Travis being out is what's keeping them out. They they so you're saying Boo Corey so you're saying on the thing and said that yeah so you're saying that they're worse than Michigan Washington Texas and Alabama without their starting quarterback. Okay, but like you said, JC, why the hell are they uh, in front of Georgia or even Ohio State? That right. makes no sense. You voted on all of them, so why why is it that you're saying that they're they're not good enough without their quarterback, but still putting them in front of Georgia? Like that, that, that makes absolutely no sense. I think they got a better chance of beating Washington than Ohio State. Yeah. Without Jordan yeah. Travis. I, I agree. Well, I don't know. I don't well, know. Just, I don't know. I'd be torn. But the, the, the point remains yeah, is that maybe. their own reasoning was flawed after pick four because yep, you immediately flipped for five, six, seven, when you put Florida State ahead of Georgia and ahead of Ohio State, even ahead of Oregon, if you're saying that Jordan Travis is this team, they're probably not going to beat Oregon, if that's what your and, mindset unless is. Unless the only reason they did that is because of conference championship. So then they, that would weigh heavier. So I guess I guess if they compare all the conference champions, so I guess they're going to, because they won the conference, they're going to put them ahead of them. That's the only thing I could think of in that. Because I was with you initially. I'm like, yeah, they, that kind of goes against what they mean. But I guess if they're weighing right. conference championships, that's maybe the only reason they're sitting at five and not at seven. Or well, eight. they must not weigh conference championships because Florida State won theirs. Uh, obviously, that was like you I, said, I, Jason, no, no, the I'm, number I'm one saying, thing. I'm just, I'm just saying, well, reg- and that's, that is the tough thing about when they did this 14 playoff 
you have five Power Five teams. So we've only had this, I think, one other time before where all Power Five champions were actually like in the playoff hunt. Somebody's getting left out. Right. And yeah. that is, that's why this whole thing is flawed. Anyway, still better yeah. than BCS. Still flawed. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maybe I'm, marginally, but yeah. honestly, it's, it's pretty, they're both two, get two team, you know, championship, playoff, we won't call it four team. They're both terrible. Um, yeah. And it's taken us 10 years of this crap to be like, Let's finally change it. It's like I can't believe it's we been. do this almost every year, and this is one of the worst. And I, I am on the side, and we kind of debated this last last couple episodes. I'm on the side of best four. Like you want to see the best four teams. However, <laughs> what the message you just sent? You just gave so much ammo to the SEC, Big Ten, whoever against the ACC because now all these coaches could go to these players. It's like, oh, you're thinking about Florida State or you're thinking about Clemson? Well, guess what? You can win every single game and your conference championship and they still won't let you in the freaking playoff. That is nuts to me. And I get it. You had a, you had your player get hurt. Not only that, you were playing a third-string backup in the conference championship. And guess what? They still won against a pretty good team. Which is almost and, more impressive. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? And it's not like they were going to play again next week and they were going to have to start uh, Brock Glenn again. Tate would have been back. They don't play for a month. So right. the fact that, that you're, you're putting so much weight, and in my opinion, I'm like you said earlier, if one of these other teams that are in had a, had a guy go out, especially if they're an SEC or a Big Ten team, if they had a really key guy go out, I don't know they would have held him out. I don't think they would have. That's what I'm saying. Let's say Milrow got hurt. So now what? We have a, a Milrow less Bama, a, a Jordan Travis less Florida State. Now who do we pick? If Bama was undefeated and won their conference championship, no chance. I don't know. That lacrosse quarterback may come in and wow the world. <laughs> Shut, up. Yeah. Shut up. All Ty Buckner. <laughs> so this is, this is the, like, that's how I feel about it, man. And I'm on the side, like I said, I'm on the side of best four. But you literally just told a conference and you, you literally made a mockery of this because you just told a power five conference. You don't matter. Like you want, there's nothing you're saying to all these guys that got hurt. You're saying to Jordan Travis, you're the reason your team isn't in the playoff, even though your team won all their games, literally every single game. Listen, I was talking to my wife last night. She actually showed a little bit of interest and I was like, hell yeah. So she started asking all these questions (laughs) and I explained how this played out. She's like, that makes no sense. She's like, you said they were a power five team, a power five conference. I was like, yeah, she was like, and they won every game. I was like, yeah. She's like, and the championship. I was like, yeah. She's like, and they're not. I was like, nope. She's like, what? Well, that doesn't even make sense. She's like, that doesn't <laughs> that's even what like, the committee. That's what the committee needs to hear. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, I'm like, Jamel okay. And she watches almost no football. So she can see that. And I get it. I, I understand that they are a different team with Jordan Travis. That doesn't mean they would lose. They haven't the, uh, lost the past two games. They beat Florida they with a backup they quarterback. They haven't lost the past 13 games. Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm saying, even without Jordan Travis, they didn't lose against Florida. Which that's, a, that's a rivalry game. We always talk about how weird these rivalry games get. Shit, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. And right. then you have uh, the championship game where they're playing a third-string true freshman quarterback that looked like he saw death right in front of him when he took the field. And they still won the stinking game. And you're going to keep yeah. this team out? You just told all those players it didn't matter. You shouldn't even take in the field. It didn't matter. You could have won. They did win, but you could have won by whatever. It does not matter. You're not going to make the playoff. That yeah. To me, that's that's jacked up. And it's not like we're saying a Liberty should have. Because somebody's like, oh, well, then just let Liberty in. It's like, no, that's two different things. No, you know that's, it. that's yeah, yeah, 100%. That's two different things. So you're saying a, a prestigious 
power five school with a ton of history, a ton of, they've won championships before. You're saying that they're not good enough, minus one player, even though they won every single game. To me, that it irks my nerves because I, now it's, it's all evident. We always talk about it. Money drives everything. Now they're just, they're just saying it and they don't even care how mad we get about it. Like, it's literally what it was. This is money is driving this. I don't even think this was a committee's decision. They, they put Bama in Texas. Guess where Tam, Texas is going to be in next year? The SEC. That's all SEC, SEC and Big, Big Ten, Ten money. Yeah, yeah it, that's, that's what drove this. And it's so, because it takes away. We talk about in this preseason. I know I'm getting kind of lengthy here, but I'm, I'm really sweating because it just pissed me off. We talk, about, we talk about the <laughs> things. Uh, what makes college football college football? This is the reason why I don't watch that much NFL because I think college football is different and I love it for it. Right. But you're taking all that away. It's almost worse than NFL because at least NFL has a full playoff, like where you have multiple teams from multiple divisions, whatever, going into play instead of just hand selecting what you think would be the best for. It's taken away. We already have NIL, which is making things crazy. Yes, they should get paid, but there's no regulation on it. You had this transfer portal thing was literally free agency, no contracts. You go wherever the hell you want, whenever the hell you want, make as much and, money. Teams are left high and dry all the time. And then now you have this, this committee thing where, again, I don't even think it's committee. I think it's these networks and money and ESPN, Disney, whatever. That's saying it doesn't matter what you do. You will not be in because our bottom line is we're going to make money. Then why, well, why do we play the games? Again, we, I, we go to back. You got to win your damn games. Florida State won their damn games. Didn't fucking matter. I did hear Herbstreit today, like, made it a point to be like, I didn't pick these teams. ESPN didn't <laughs> pick these teams. He's like, After I don't have an agenda. The week before, yeah. That's what, but uh, so, and just let me play devil's advocate for, for a second, Clint. If you do compare the two teams right now, right? If you're looking for the best teams right now, which apparently is what they're doing, right? And you compare <laughs> Florida State and you do have reality, which is a Jordan Travis, uh, less or a, a non-Jordan Travis on, on Florida State team. If you do look at strength of schedule, I think it's 55th overall in the nation at Florida State, um, somewhere around there. And I believe Bama is, is five, if not six or seven, right? So if you look at strength of schedule, there's a, a big difference there. Bama's only lost coming to now the number three team in the nation, right, which is Texas, um, who is a conference champion and has one loss. Does that... Does that help at all? You rational like any not just you, but anyone rationalizing why they got in, a- and the fact that they just beat the number one team in the country, who has won twenty nine in a row, who has won back to back national championships. Because to me, to me, when that was placed out again, from a traditionalist standpoint, I was shocked. Florida State wasn't in, but when it's laid out like that, I c- I could see why the argument was made in their favor, especially when that last part about unavailability to key players, which is Jordan Travis. So does beating LSU on the road, beating Florida on the road, being undefeated in your conference outweigh the fact that you did beat the number one team in the nation? Um, you do only have one loss. They are playing pretty damn well. And they do have their quarterback. Like, did, can, can that be rationalized? Obviously, it has been, right? It's already in there. But me just playing devil's advocate, just want to hear your take on that. And 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 no, like I hear you. I hear you loud and clear, and I get what you're saying. And I agree to a point. However, the committee showed that's not what they did not use that for everything. They only picked and choose when they wanted that to matter again because they did not put them behind Georgia. They put them ahead of Georgia. Well, if and you're I saying, think that's, I think that's due to the conference championship. Even though I agree, right? Because it doesn't make sense. Cause you're saying if if I guess conference championship weigh that much. 
We're like, we weren't going to put Georgia in no matter what. We weren't going to put Ohio State in no matter what. We weren't going to put Oregon in, obviously, no matter what. So we have, if we have five power, if we have, if we have five power five champions in the top five, we have to pick from those five. I don't know if that, they, they should have come out and say that. Now, obviously, in the past, we've had two SEC teams. We've had Georgia and Alabama, one lose the conference championship and get in. But that wasn't when all five power five teams were in the conference championship. We're ranked in the top five. So it, it wasn't really that absurd. It made sense. I think most people were probably like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Probably they both should be in type thing. But this year is I different. mean, does it weigh a lot? Because if it does, they won theirs. That's why I'm, that's my point. Well, no, like, so I, I think that's the only reason it's an even comparison is what I'm saying. That's why, okay, I, so that's why they're ahead of Georgia and Ohio State is because they did win the conference. These teams didn't. We'll have Alabama did not. That's what I'm saying. Like, they pick and choose which ones mean more at what times because Alabama did not. Al- or I'm sorry, Alabama did. But I'm, uh, the point is, is that w- you also say, like, record matters too, right? Right. Yeah, no, sure, I agree. Yeah. I think and, the thing... But I think that, that that's when the strength of schedule comes into play. A right. 50, 50, 50, 55th overall compared to 5th, you lose right. one game because you have the 5th toughest as a opposed to the 55th, like, if Alabama had the 55th toughest schedule, they'd probably be undefeated as well. Maybe, right. maybe and not. What did I hear earlier? I don't know if y'all saw the clip of Stephen A. and Pat McAfee and Green, Greeny earlier it, today. I didn't I know what you're talking about. Greeny was on the you know thing saying about how you know Florida State, I think it was a strength of record. They were like third in the nation or something like that. Um, I, I don't yes, know how they... I think, I think strength of record, they were both in the top five. They were? Bama was too? Yeah, because, I mean, obviously beating, beating Georgia and... Yeah. That LSU. makes sense. They beat. They also. So that's the other thing too. So both teams beat LSU, right? Right. I don't know what the margin of victory was. I can't remember. And LSU was a good head. team. The show obviously we're gonna probably have the Heisman winning quarterback on, which we'll get to that in just a second. But like, the, you know, LSU went to Ole Miss and lost by one score, and also went to Missouri and won. Like LSU was a good team this year. So well, that's they, they not said just they, a they, they compare compare they compare comparative opponents without. Inciting the margin of victory, which again, I don't know how exactly you do that. They, they should, that, honestly, in my mind, they should include that. But so LSU lost to Florida State by twenty-one points, forty-five to twenty-four. Yeah, and then Alabama beat them by fourteen points, forty-two and to. If you remember Daniels, and this is what they should include when they're looking at that score. Daniels got hurt late in that game, if you remember. Against uh, the Alabama game, yeah, yeah. So it, it was yeah. it was steady, kind of close, and then he got hurt late in that game, and it. Bama took off and went off and you know made that score what it was. And um, so at the time, they should LSU look at was that. top five when they played Florida State. Which right, they so they have a win over a big SEC school. Like it should matter. Well, they should they also beat Florida at Florida? Yeah, but exactly. I, I I will agree. Alabama obviously played a tougher schedule overall. I mean that's that's yeah. evident, but not by that much. Right. I mean, I mean fifty-five mean, to five is a lot though. I off think, what numbers from ESPN? I mean, you can look at you can pull three different sites with streets that schedule, and they all say different things. Like some have South Carolina one, some of them have like thirty, and they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, no oh, sense. definitely no, at least top there. five. No definitely top five. <laughs> <laughs> definitely top five. I, um, and I get it. The, sorry, Jacob. Go ahead, man. I know you've been well, trying to. No, get no, I'm sorry. Out. I'm sorry. I, 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 this kind of goes, Clint, to your point. I think this is where the committee really screwed up. Not necessarily this week. I think they screwed up because I'm on the side of Florida State. Florida State probably should have been in there. They were the most deserving based on being a champion and undefeated. More deserving than Bama in the way that the state of college football was. Deserving or best, though? What are we going with? I know, but that's what I'm saying. I've been on deserving, not because that's what I want. I get the whole thing about the best was a better matchup, best this, whatever. But they haven't done that for the previous eight, nine, ten years, however long it's been that way. They've always been the most deserving in a way and put those people, those, um, 
teams in before they put in these other teams from my recollection recollection and there's one year they decide to change it i think where the committee messed up is two or three weeks ago they because this is the first time that an undefeated team that was one if you're one in that last ranking right before a conference championship doesn't matter what happened no one number one seed has been left out yet so far it's been that and then no team that was a seven and eight seed or ranked team before the uh, conference championship games those two teams have not made it in so this was a historic thing that happened so i think weeks ago this this committee messed up and realistically if you look at oregon's strength of schedule and everything they've had some good wins here and there but they lost to washington before and they didn't have a whole lot of other crazy impressive wins because usc kind of went downhill utah kind of went downhill oregon should have not been fifth going into this in my mind and I think they probably should have been back behind, maybe almost at eight where they are now. I think that's where the committee messed up if they were planning to do this because they knew that Homeboy was out go- before going into this game. He got hurt, what, two, two games ago? Well, no, um, but, no, but Travis so that's went the thing. in I the think, Florida I game. The, I think at the time they weren't, they weren't, I think even if at the time, if you want to say two weeks ago, if they said who's the four best teams, whatever, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it, my understanding is that I don't even know if the other rankings matter because you can't compare them because you don't have a conference championship. I think they were just setting a standard saying Oregon is the best one-loss team right now above Texas, above but, Alabama, which I think we all agreed upon at the time. But they were the best one-loss team. That's what I'm trying to get it, though, is like the previous weeks since they first started coming out with, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? There's been the fifth week or something was, like that? It was, they did these it was Halloween. Halloween, okay. Why was Bama, if they were, they weren't ranking the top eight teams based on deserving then they were or they were ranking on observing deserving then they weren't ranking it on best at that time because no, realistically I, I, think I, I think it's because they batched them they probably said who's the top who we have the top two teams all right now out of this batch who's the top team yeah so i think, I think at that point, why they did. I, I think i think at that point bama wasn't up there because they hadn't beat georgia and they explain, hadn't won the sec championship explain to me so I'm, they I'm maybe deserving. speaking for clint why did they change the process on the very last week i don't, I don't think they changed the process i just I think don't think did. I think the process has always been the same. I think that they shouldn't make a rankings out to the four because I think I think you you don't you can't decide on a four without knowing the whole picture, right? They they can't they can't put Bama who was at eight for all those weeks. They can't put them at number four anticipating them to win a conference championship. They can't put Florida State at number six anticipating that another conference championship conference championship is going to win. And now we have to compare them. I don't think Florida State and Alabama were ever compared in their discussions until this week. I don't think they ever because of where they were at. I don't think they ever, I don't think anybody ever questioned. I don't think they were uh, compared side by side because they were, Bama was so far back at, at, at eight compared to four. Because at, at the time, I think that was the four best teams. And again, they probably should just shouldn't come up with rankings until well, the, you know who's the conference champion. So last week they had Florida State at uh, four. Four. Correct. Jordan Travis is already hurt by then. That's why they have him four. They botched this weeks ago. If it was that if it was that serious that they could go undefeated and win their conference championship that you still won't let them in, why were they at four last week? They were still undefeated then. Yeah. Why? Why? I I, that, that's what bothers me. Like you had them. I, at four. But no, what what yeah. I'm saying is, I don't think I don't think they were, I don't think they were comparing Florida State to Alabama last week. I'm not you saying they're saying? comparing. I'm saying if you if you think that seriously about Florida then? State, if you think that seriously about Florida well, State I to agree. where 
this one player is going to wreck their season. Why do you have him at four? Because George Travis was already hurt by the time these rankings. I, came I out. agree because yeah. it doesn't make sense. I think the only. And I'm not coming at you. I'm just saying. No, like, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm really not necessarily against you guys. I'm, I have to rationalize it for my own brain because I'm with you. <laughs> you rank them four, and they still win. They shouldn't drop. I think the only difference was Alabama is behind them. Oregon was ahead of them. Texas was ahead of them. Right. Oregon lost. Okay. So boom, that that Bama can jump a spot. Ohio State's not in the conference championship. Alabama should jump them because Alabama won the conference championship. Not only did Alabama win the SEC, they beat Georgia to do it, which has been the consistent number one team, I think, for the whole entire year. Maybe, I think Michigan in the college football playoff rankings jumped them for a week, possibly. Um, But they have been the consensus, and really think about the last two or three years when they haven't lost. So them winning obviously jumped them ahead of Ohio State, obviously jumped them ahead of Oregon. The only problem is you can't put them ahead of Texas because you do have that head-to-head because now you're both one-loss champions. So I think that's when we finally came down to, all right, there it Bama, is. Bama has to move yeah. up, and now we have to compare the team. You now can't put them ahead to, of Texas because Texas won, and the only way to get them both in is to put Texas at three, Alabama at four, Florida State F you. Yeah, that's essentially Florida, what happened. Florida's, yeah. I, think, I think on four, wait, what was Louisville ranked, by the way, coming in? I'm just curious. Coming into know? this, they were 14th last week, and they ended up 15th this week. I got it right here because I, I want to say that do you actually. Think, do, so this like, is do, this is one through six previous last week. The rankings last week, Michigan obviously. Um, this is like Michigan, Washington. This is the current rankings and where they were last week before the conference championship games happened. So two, three, seven, eight, four, one. That's how they changed in one week. Does that make any sense to you? Do you think there wasn't but two if, upsets? If, it was Oregon if, lost; they were favored, and freaking uh, Ban- uh, Georgia lost; they were favored. That's the only two upsets. So why did so much change? If Louisville, well, because again, they I, conference championships do matter. So the five teams that win the conference championship are gonna get put ahead. So now we're comparing the five. Unless your quarterbacks hurt. Well, right. <laughs> this is my thing. If if Florida State beats a Louisville team that's ranked, if Louisville is ranked eighth or ninth, does it change things? You beat a top ten team. Oh, I, mean, I think they were gonna. I think they were gonna leave Florida State out no matter what. I mean, something has to be weighed well, though for Bama beating. We Jordan. talked about Texas, right? It Texas has, beating by be, winning their game by that be, much. Does it matter to them winning by that much or by three points? Because if Florida State, if they had their quarterback, they beat Louisville by what thirty? Does that matter? That's what we're talking about. I, I know we we can't we can't do the what if so because we have what we have in front of us. That's what the committee did is the what Except, if because they said what if Florida State no, did no, play Michigan without their quarterback. They're getting, no, they're they're playing God and they're getting rid of the what ifs that Florida State could beat these teams without a quarterback. They're getting rid of that altogether and saying we're not going to find out. We're just going to keep them out. No, they're answering it for themselves. They're saying we already know what's this is my happen, thing. So though, we're just not going to put them in. But if you look at the schedule, include Georgia in the schedule for Alabama. They have a tougher schedule because you've played the. They beat LSU. So did so did Florida. I mean, so, so, did, so did, uh, win, wins and losses so does not Florida matter. It That's, does. I think, but I think what came down to it is their only loss was to now the number three team in the nation. They won. That the they voted. You know what? You know what this is. Right. Right. This right, is right. what okay. I feared. Yeah. So that's a little, yeah. They they did that correct. And so this you're saying exactly right now unavailability of key players even into the playoff with Alabama's win, they can put them in. If that shit wasn't mm. in there in their little bylaw principle shit. Then I think there somebody would take this to Supreme Court. What, literally, what's crazy is yeah. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad at committee. I'm I'll, first off, I'm mad. At, I'm just mad at money, man. Because money, 
literally, I, I, in my opinion, I think, I'm not I think conspiracy theorist. No, I it think is. money. Literally, I, I'm almost guaranteed that money is driving most of this. It's to the it point is. where they might have actually told the committee, listen, this is how this has to play out because this is our network. This is how we're going to make it work. Uh, yeah. That and the stupid freaking 14 playoff that we've been riding on for a decade yeah. now. So stupid. I will it say, is. though. ACC had a chance to vote for the 12 team playoff this year and did not, and decided to wait until another year. Yeah, and Clint, I think your point is right on with like ACC. They may have just put the nail in the coffin for them because teams may leave now because obviously don't respect them. And this is what I feared like a year or two ago when all this conference realignment kind of started coming up. When you get this super conference SEC team and you have basically like an NFL conference where you know the NFL is two conferences, you're going to have. Even some of the best teams in NFL history, I mean, some of them go undefeated, but they still get into the playoffs and are a one seed with three losses, four losses sometimes. Like, that's what you're going to have. And in coming years, if we stay at four, which we may go to 12, whatever, but... Oh, they're going to 12 next year. They, well, I mean, that's been up in the air. We'll see. We're, we're hoping so. But, like, it's they're coming to it's fruition happening. now. Like, you'll have an undefeated Florida State, which you just... The nation doesn't respect their opponents, where you could have a two-loss or a three-loss Bama team that lost to a Texas, maybe lost to an LSU and an Ole Miss in one season, but they had three losses, so they should be left out, but an undefeated Clemson or undefeated Florida State won't get put in because just the opponent are respected more who you know Bama or lost to, and that shit's going to start happening. Well, the 12th and we see it happening here. The 12th team playoff will get rid of that until the 13th and 14th team. Look, I, also, I, also, I also don't but, disagree. But honestly, but you, you can't say right now, though, that Bama's not a. Look, again, I, I'm a big. I have to rationalize it for myself. Florida State, I think, should be in. They've done it. They won their Power Five undefeated. But if you are comparing the two teams right now, if you're comparing Alabama and you're comparing Florida State without Jordan Travis, that's not the, they're not the same team without Jordan Travis. Their defense is good. Don't get me wrong. But they're a different team without them. I without mean, they won two them. games yeah, without I, them. I, I agree. And, but and they're going to have. Saying. But they, they had Tate Rodemaker at Florida, which is a hard place to play, and they're not going to have whoever they had this past week. Right. They're going to yeah, have Tate, Tate, Tate Rodemaker like again on a, I don't know when they play Georgia, which that's who they play in their bowl game, which should be a fun game to watch if everybody shows up and plays. That but was like, an interesting press conference, too, between Kirby and it will, Yeah, it was. And like, but Tate Rodemaker will have like a month to prepare for that, and he's a decent backup quarterback. Like He would start at a lot of other schools, so like, yeah, I mean, what happens if Florida State goes and crushes Georgia? I mean, we'll see what could happen, but like, the, we saw how good that defense is. Like, then what's going to happen? I mean, they're not going to obviously Dude, get into the, but it's going to be like, oh shit, we messed up here. There's been like so much talk about if Florida State beats Georgia, they they should wave the banner. We're national champs. So I was like, Dude, they I mean, oh, oh, they me too much. Yeah. Dude, I mean, UCF did it. Florida State can do it. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, back, man. It hasn't been that long ago when we had. Two national champions. I mean, was it O three with LSU and USC? LSU was co national championships. Yeah, which I don't even understand how but, that it was even a thing. But well, like this might be the year. But like I was saying There's, earlier, with the twelve team playoff, we yes, of course, a thirteen and zero Florida State would still get in in a twelve team playoff that year, um, even with you know their opponents not being respected. But it still would be an effect where they would maybe come in at like a ten compared no, to no. Because the twelve the twelve team setup is the Power Five Conference Championship, the Power Five Conference get the Championship, automatic bids. They they uh they're automatic, and I think they have home field the first game if not a buy. That's the only difference. And then the the it then it comes down to highest ranking kind of after that. After, like I got you. 
But in theory, yeah, if, if they kept, let's say they kept the 12, let's say the 12 team playoff was maybe how they're voting it now, they probably would do that. You're probably right. It's, it, it's a wild thing. I'll, I'll be interested to see. I would think if I was Florida State, dude, if I was Norvell, I'd bullshit. be like, I'd be like, I would be like, you guys want to prove that, that you guys are the best team? Every mother ever come back and play. I don't care if you're going to the polar after the season or not. Don't sit this one out. We're not going to get hurt. Don't worry about the NFL. You guys get your insurance policies. Come out and play and let's just beat the brakes. I mean, I would love to see it. I would love to see it, actually. Because uh, it would just it would just make it so much more fun. There'd be so much more controversy if Florida State goes out and just drubs Georgia. Now, Georgia's a really right. good team, so we'll see how that Good goes. Dude, but, guess what's going to happen now? You're going to have teams lying or hiding player injuries. You're going to yeah, have teams we, that are yeah, on the cusp. You, you can't hide that. That are going to be... Well, you can't hide a sideways leg. No. You can hide a hammy. You can hide a concussion. That's you you talk about CTE and all this bullshit. And, like, that's a whole other story yep. we could talk about. But uh, oh, you're right. You're now you just incentivized. Right. You've literally said on just national, global television, guess what? The injuries yeah. matter. So now you're going to have teams that are hiding some of this stuff, which I don't want that. And, and college is very different than NFL when it comes to that anyway. Yeah. Uh, right. As far as like how transparent they have to be. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's already happening, and yeah, times ten probably. I do have another quick question. We we talked about Florida State. Honestly, as much as I hate to do it, let's put it behind us. We're not going to start talking about you know breaking down a game right now because we have another podcast coming out for that. But the one thing out of the top four teams as they sit, did y'all find that there was a Washington almost could have and almost should have been above Michigan based on? Oh, that's good. Point. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that at all? I, I, not really many people talked about it. Not really. Also, many people are not talking about the Michigan sign-stealing thing. That kind of got swept under the rug here with all <laughs> well, this other yeah. stuff happening. Well, I think Harbaugh served, served his suspension. He did. He served, yeah, twice. Uh, I think it would have... Uh, <laughs> well, only one was for sign-stealing. Um, and they fired Stallions. Did you... Oh, wait, real quick. Did you say... Did you guys see Eli uh, Drinkwitz, uh, Missouri's coach, on ESPN? No. So they're oh, Ohio State. yeah. He, so he's on ESPN, bro. He, they're playing Ohio State in the bowl game, right? So this is on awesome. ESPN, and he like looks at his phone and goes, "Sorry, guys, Connor Stallion is calling real quick." Oh, that like, yo, yeah. this guy just did this. Ah, oh, man, I like to play for that guy. Yeah, that I'm was awesome. a fan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I could have seen it. It was a close game. Uh, it, it wouldn't have surprised me, I guess. Beating, I think Penn State probably has. I don't. I mean, not Penn State. Does Michigan have better wins with beating Ohio State, beating Penn State? That's all we got. Washington beating Oregon twice, beating Utah, Oregon State, ah, and USC. Yeah. I think we'd all agree, probably agree, Michigan's a better team. But again, that, you're going to argue this all day, like, and Oregon well, State. I well, think what's Washington crazy now is, is now now it kind of matters for the seating because guess yes. Alabama got in at four. Did you see the video where Michigan had the watch party to see who got in? Yeah, and they announced Alabama was four, and they were like. Oh shit! I wanted to say like, okay. that. That All was right. honestly the first reaction. Was probably just like everybody else was more shocked than well, they, they were. were like, they were, oh shit! They were, they were, we're, we're, we got to play Bama. They were clapping too, though. I think they were probably in shock. Yeah, because they were like, "Oh, yeah. this is being filmed." I guarantee they much rather play Florida State. Guarantee. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean, because, that's why you fight yeah, hard exactly. to get the first seed in any tournament or like in the na- like ranking in the you nation. Think, you you want to play the easier did that? team. You think the committee was like, "All right, who would you not?" Who would you rather play right now? And the whole team was like, out of the top 10 teams, I'd rather play Florida State. They don't have Jordan Travis. They're like, all right, yeah, get him out. Get him out of here. 
<laughs> Everyone else has got their quarterback. That might have been the, how they did it. I think I'm also upset too because, like, I like to think the SEC is actually the premier league, the premier conference in college football. And every most other people think there's a bias, and I kind of it looks like there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. I want to actually just look like on the field that we are the premier league or the premier conference, and not have handouts and i'm not saying listen alabama had a great year we talk about this crap dude they had an amazing year they did especially with a very young qb who's who found his way throughout the season i don't want there to be any reason for them to be like well your sc is just gonna be like given this anyway i hate that man i wanted to just show in the field yeah. So I've got I've so many emotions, JC. I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to process half this. Shit. So I, uh, I mean, it, that's it, it is what it is. In the, in the past few years, it's like, does a one loss SEC champion get in over undefeated? Like, so not take take away this year. I think all other years besides this year, a one loss SEC champion should get in over an undefeated Pac-12 champion. Right. If you if you like if you look at the past like five years of how the Pac-12 has been down, right? This year yeah. anomaly, um, unless maybe like it's like an Oregon team or but. For the most part, like the Pac-12 has been pretty down outside of Oregon, um, for the most part. But like I remember those arguments coming up years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think obviously it was a little different when when Clemson was winning because one they were already well, you guys got to a point where you guys were in the top five, winning games and winning all that stuff. And, and I think obviously winning a Natty proved that you guys could play with the, <clears throat> with with anybody. But a little bit different than two because I think you guys came in the season ranked so high. I guess Florida State did at one point as well. I don't know what they came in the season ranked as. Um, they were like top ten. But, they were like eight or but something. It, but it's, it it did seem different. Like this Florida State team, I they, I didn't come in this year. This Florida State team thinking they were the 2016 Clemson team or the 2018 Clemson team, right? Like not that. Just because Florida State hasn't been up, and I don't know the last time Florida State's really been relevant. 2013 between <laughs> yeah, in in a long time. So that's kind of kind of how I feel about them coming in, I guess. But that again, that's all that's all perceived, all media driven for the most part narrative. Right, so that that can be easily swayed, however it's presented. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, we just we we should have had twelve at least a year earlier. We should have had twelve team playoff. Right. I mean, we had we had the top seven teams were one loss or no lost. I mean, right these 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 bowls outside of the playoff, you're gonna have some damn good bowl games. Uh, assuming there's not too many opt outs, that's another thing, man. God, you have only two playoff games. Well, two rounds of playoff games, the rest is bowls, and now these are like, well, what are we playing for? Especially Florida State is like, well, what the hell? Like, why, why, why should I just go I, to the draft? Like, I, 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 yeah, I, it, I, that's why I like the twelve team playoff at least because at least you're going to have more teams invested. You're not going to have these stupid bowl games now where half the team is either transferred or opt out to to the NFL. Yeah, so. stupid bowl. I don't want to go to bowl game anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even five and six, like you said, Florida State and Georgia, how many of the players are going to go ahead and declare or go ahead and transfer? Because, like, they're in a New York New Year's Six Bowl, but, like, that doesn't mean what it used to. Like, you just missed the no, Final Four, so, like... Dude, I've, I've seen players that are on teams in the playoff today hearing yeah. that people enter the portal, and they're still on the rosters for the team in the playoff. I'm like, <laughs> y'all might want to chill, man, go get your ring first, and then enter, like, damn. True. Yeah, like, oh, the so, backup man. quarterback for Georgia. <laughs> Yeah, to answer your, you had a question, JC. Last, I think last episode, you're asking if, uh, I think it was you, JC, saying if you if you declare that you're going to enter the transfer portal, can you still like play or whatever? 
Uh, I think I found out that it's up to the school. So there's no rule saying you can't play. It's up to the like the, the coach and the school and then the, the I would say program most to say, are gonna, well, are oh, say no to for that. sure. Like if you're saying oh, I'm leaving the school, like okay, then we're gonna revoke your scholarship team. and yeah, you're off the team. Well, see, and that, you're that here is to play a rule football. That they yeah. don't have to honor your scholarship if you decide to. No, they don't. That and team. that's what that's what a lot do. They're just like, okay, I mean, you're here to play football for Alabama or whatever. If you're gonna transfer, then we're gonna pull your scholarship. Get somebody's gonna play. So. See ya. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of the portal, um, that's going to be the next episode. It's going to be portal talk. We All we have next week really is Army-Navy portal talk, and then <laughs> kind of like we joked about before the episode started, between now and uh, Thursday, there's going to probably be some more news that we're going to have plenty of things to talk about. But a um, lot of portal moves, um, possibly some coaching changes coming up as well, and then obviously getting into Army-Navy, and then we'll, we'll get into some, uh, some other things, talk about the New Year's Six Bowls, maybe some other interesting matchups that we have in the bowl games. Uh, anything else, guys, in the playoff before we uh, get on out of here? Uh, no. I mean, it is what it is. We can talk about the Heisman real fast. The finals were announced. Yeah, just give me the give me the top four real quick, Jacob. Yeah, so it's Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and Marvin Harrison Jr. snuck in there. So the odds currently, uh, courtesy of DraftKings, we're not sponsored, but that's what we got these from. <laughs> uh, Jaden Daniels is minus 1,200. Uh, for wow. a favorite, and then Michael Penix is plus nine hundred. Bo Nix is plus fifteen hundred, and Harrison Jr. is plus twenty thousand. So I didn't think that, that I didn't know it changed that heavy for Daniels. I knew it changed a little bit. I mean, look, I think it should be him. I think we talked about that over the last few weeks. It's um, him. It's yeah. Be, right? Simple as that. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. It, so it's gotta be. So so no tattoo for Jacob, or is he just getting the getting to New York? <laughs> I don't know. I will say. There was a, a part of me that wanted to entertain the idea of Penix having more of a chance and maybe have like an actual chance because he is on an undefeated 13 and 0 Pac 12 champion team. He still had a hell of a year. But you look at the stat line and Penix probably, I think, finished the year with like negative rushing yards and Daniels had 1,100 something. So, yeah, like, dude, it's, it's going to be hard to. Yeah, no, it's he, that is a ridiculous player. Penix is amazing. Mm-hmm. Daniels is on another level. Yep. That's crazy to say. That guy is literally, he is that offense. Uh, and I get they got neighbors and whatnot. Dude, he is that offense. I wish they would have had a, a defense of a few years ago so they could have gone <laughs> no, in this playoff too, man. Because him on the, uh, no. on the big stage, dude, he's, he's he's just so fun to watch, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. watch. That's so, why I picked him at yeah. the beginning of the year. There, there you go. Out. Well, well, good choice there. Boys, it's, it's been a crazy season. Um, unfortunately, we're, we're, we're getting near the end. But uh, what a, what a way to cap it off with uh, <laughs> some crazy. I mean, there, I couldn't turn a channel, a TV, a, a a scroll, a page, whatever you want to call it. Every app I went on didn't matter. I think I went on Amazon and fucking what's the name came up and was talking about the, the damn playoffs. So you couldn't go anywhere without them talking about the playoffs. So Jeff Bezos, <laughs> who I was trying to figure out, but uh, yeah, a hell of a year and what a crazy way to cap it off with that decision. So hmm. yes, sir, it was a hell of a year for sure. We'll start capping off these games here shortly, but uh, yeah, we still got more podcasts to do, boys. Season's oh, not yeah. over. Nah, we. we still oh, dude, I could talk me. about this year. I, I could talk about just this playoff shit for the all the off season, dude. I'm so <laughs> the end of the year. fired up about it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll we'll get into uh, some predictions here soon, and obviously, like I said, we'll hit on some portal stuff at the end of this week. And again, I guarantee that some some big news will drop between now and then. So, boys, I enjoyed it. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. See you.
Later, boys.